is the Adam Crowley Show. Yeah, you're a bit of a, an acquired taste. But, uh, I think I think once you, you're like a leech, man, you just hold on and you don't let us go. And all I do is listen to sports talk, and I love your show, man. Yeah! The Adam Crowley Show. We're like a leech. Like a leech. We won't let go. On ESPN Pittsburgh. The Pirates lost 10 nothing yesterday, and Antonio Brown is a douchebag. Okay, now we talk about hockey for the next three hours. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian Lamartine is sitting across from me, shirtless Tom, behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter at FBomber73, at ButtonPusher970, and please tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. All of our hockey playoff coverage on ESPN Pittsburgh is brought to you by Western Pennsylvania Buick and GMC Dealers. The Penguins, they're just better than the Islanders. Sidney Crosby had 100 points in the regular season. The best guy for the Isles, the offensive juggernaut for this organization. Was Matt Barzell, good player, but he had 62 points. Jake Gensel had 40 goals. Anders Lee had 28. The Penguins have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Nick Bukestad, and Matt Cullen down the middle. The Islanders aren't bad there, but they've got Barzell... Brock Nelson, Valtteri Philpole, who's been in the league for a minute, and Casey Sezikis. They also have Tom Kuhnhockel on their second line. On defense, Nick Letty, he's good. He's their best defenseman. I wouldn't take him over Latang. Wouldn't take him over Dumoulin. I wouldn't take him over Schultz. And if you look at what he's done Corsi-wise, possession-wise, he's gotten buried. Both he and Johnny Boychuk have gotten buried. I think the Penguins are the far better team. Look at the goaltending. Robin Lehner and Thomas Grice, they were great this year. But Lehner's played two postseason games in his career. Robin Lehner's played two postseason games, or 12 postseason games in his career. So that's 14 games combined for the tandem pair for the Isles. Murray alone has played 44 in the last three years. He's won the cup as many times as Robin Lanner has started a game in the playoffs. The Islanders, yes, they finish with more points. They will start at home. The Penguins, though, they're the better team. The Penguins score more goals. They get more shots on net. Penguins are fifth in shot. The Islanders are 29th. Whereas the Islanders are only allowing three fewer shots per game than are the Penguins. Now, obviously, the Penguins are giving up more quality shots because they are not the defensive team that the Islanders are. But the Islanders, for as good as they are on defense, they don't have a great PK. It's 17th in the league. Percentage points higher than the Penguins. The Islanders' power play, by the way, unmitigated disaster. It's clicking in at just over 14%. The Penguins' power play is 10% better than the Islanders. So if the Isles get on the PP, I ain't scared at all. Here's how the Penguins lose. It's obvious to me. They lose by not being smart. It's the only way. Pittsburgh is better. They won't take the Islanders lightly either. Madden wrote that that's a possibility. Nah, I think that 
starting on the road takes that out of the equation. He says had they played the Capitals, they'd have entered the playoffs, taking them very seriously. They've had some letdowns this season. Man, I think the playoffs take that totally out of the equation. The Penguins needed to beat the Canes. They did. They took two out of three of Columbus down the stretch. Because they needed to. They beat Montreal a few times. They beat Boston and Washington. When the Penguins had a must-win game, a game where they needed to be serious and to get motivated, they were motivated. This team has waited all year for this. Let's freaking go. There's no chance in hell they're going to take the Isles lately. Certainly not when they're starting on the road. So let's forget about that notion. Jake Gensel's going to score. We know that. That's what he does. Who else is going to have a big series, though, is my question. Gensel's going to score. He scored 40 goals this year. He had 13 and 25 playoff games when the Penguins won the Cup in 2017. He had 10 goals in 12 games last year. Now, he was a bit of a surprise last year, but now it's expected. It's what he does. Who else needs to step up, though? Here's a few guys that don't necessarily need to score, but do need to play well. Phil Kessel. He came on strong down the stretch and has been better on the puck. Just be smart, Phil. One of the things the Islanders do very well, people think that they fall back into a trap. That's not how they're good defensively. They're good defensively because they come at you in waves on the forecheck and they create turnovers and they make you have to think. But if you're too patient, then they're going to shove it right up your rear end. Sometimes Phil Kessel, he can chop at the puck a little bit. Sometimes Phil Kessel can be sloppy with the puck. Don't be. If you are, you're going to play right into the hands of the New York Islanders. So don't do that. Evgeny Malkin? Yeah, you want both these guys to score, obviously. But more important than that, just don't turn the puck over. He's clearly rusty since coming back from injury, but he's obviously motivated. He said after the season, I'm a minus 25. I scored 21 goals. I'm just ready for the playoffs. If we win the Stanley Cup, no one's going to remember any of that. I love the mindset. That's exactly the way to think. They need you to score, but they absolutely need you, Evgeny Malkin, to not turn the puck over. Don't turn the puck over. Don't try to go coast to coast, beat guys one on three. Play within the system. Play within the structure. Use your puck support. You'll be fine. Same thing with Chris Letang. He was one of the best D-men in the league this year. Chris Letang needs to be careful with the puck. He needs to know when to jump into the play and when not to jump into the play. Last year in the postseason, it just wasn't Chris Letang that we saw this year. This year, Chris Letang was smart. He knew when to jump in. He knew when not to jump in. Scored a bunch of goals because he seemed to take some off his shot at times, which, again, is smart for a guy like Chris Letang. I don't expect him to revert back to what he was in the playoffs last year. I don't. But he's one of the guys who does play a high-danger type game. He's always going to be creating, and if he's trying to create, sometimes things can get a little bit dicey for him. Letang... Out of all those three, probably deserves being on there the least. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. Here are the Penguins' lines at practice today. That's right, baby. We talked about this for the last three weeks. One day there was going to be Penguins' lines, Penguins' playoff lines. You're going to find out who is healthy and who's not healthy. Well, here we go. We've got them, baby. I'm so excited. I sound like an old Jewish woman smoking cigarettes. 
I'm so excited. Gensel, Crosby, Rust, line one. McCann, Malkin, Hornquist. What? 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 Line two. Simone Bukestad, Kessel, line three. What? What? Bluger, Cullen, Wilson, and Zach Aston Reese rotating on the right wing. That is your fourth line. Here's my theory here. A lot of people seem to have a problem with these lines. I'm sorry. Did you win the Stanley Cup in your first two years? Uh, Have you won nine out of ten playoff series? Whatever Mike Sullivan's doing here, I'm going to respect it. I'm going to think he knows a little bit better than I do what to do. It doesn't mean you can't criticize if things don't work out. But if he's got an idea that he thinks is going to work, I'm going to get behind it. It's also possible that these lines are totally fake. It's also possible that these lines mean nothing because this is Mike Sullivan. It is playoff time. And, hey, Barry Trotz, it's time for you to think a little bit. It's time for you to game plan for what these lines say in addition to what we have done over the course of the last month or so of the regular season. Here's why I'm cool with it, though. Gensel, Crosby, Rust, you know they're going to control play in the offensive zone. But I think you also know that they're good defensively. McCann, Malkin, Hornquist. I wouldn't say Hornquist is the best defensive player, but he monopolizes the puck. He's going to play it on the wall. He's going to be in front of the net. He's going to keep the puck low in the zone. So you minimize the turnover potential there. I think splitting up Phil Kessel and Evgeny Malkin is as much about not giving stuff up the other way as it is about creating depth in your first three lines. We've heard Mike Sullivan say in the past, if you can put Kessel on one line, Malkin on another, and Crosby on another, that's when we're the toughest to defend. Well, the Penguins need to be careful that they're not doing stupid things that lead to turnovers that create offense for the Islanders. If McCann's on that Malkin line, you know he can play good defensively. He's a center by trade. You know Hornquist keeps the puck below the hash marks. That makes it tough to go the other way. So I think he's thinking about what lines are going to make the fewest mistakes. Simone Bukestad, Kessel. Kessel, again, not with Malkin, so you're not so much worried there about the fancy plays. Bukestad and Kessel, they had chemistry right when this thing started, when Bukestad was brought in. And then you've got Simone on the left. And people hate Dominic Simone, but Dominic Simone's always on the right side of the puck. And in a series like this, I'm cool with that. If you're playing Tampa and you need an extra score, fine. Yank him out and put Bluger in there. Yank him out and put Zach Aston Reese in there. Whatever. But in this series, you've got to be smart with the puck. And if there's one thing Dominic Simone is good at, it's being smart with the puck. And then the fourth line, I mean, baby. Am I hot for this fourth line? Bluger and the potential of Zach Aston Reese on the fourth line. Hello, scoring depth. Hello, 2016 Penguins. It kind of feels that way, right? And we'll get into some of this with Jesse Marshall. He'll be joining us at 520 today. The third line of the Islanders, it sucks cheese, man, when it comes to possession. They get caved in all the time. And the Penguins' third line, if that's going to be the matchup, if it's going to be third line versus third line, the Penguins' third line is incredibly good at creating possession. As for the D pair, that's right, we're getting into it. Nitty-gritty, it's playoff time, baby. Mata and Latang, Johnson and Schultz, Pedersen and Goodbranson, Dumoulin and Trotman. Mm-hmm. Here's betting Dumoulin flexes into the lineup, and here's betting Ole Mata comes out. Pedersen's a, a plus 17 on the year. Johnson was a minus 13, and then the last couple of months he's 
turned into a player who on the whole is a minus four. So he's been a plus nine the last couple of months. And plus minus isn't the most useful metric, but he's been playing well. The pairings have been playing well together. Johnson and Schultz, Pedersen and Gabranson, and Latang and Dumoulin. So I'll be cool with that as well. In Mike Sullivan, I trust. And we trust. Puck Daddy, Greg Wyshynski is going to be joining us. He from ESPN in about eight minutes here on the show. Stepping away from the pens just for a second here. The other hockey storyline to pay attention to, John Tortorella is going to get fired, guy. Uh, he's going to get canned on his arrogant ass. The Jackets had to make the playoffs. Okay, great. They did. But they have Tampa. Next. Next. If they lose, and they will, Torts will be gone. It's not fair. But this team was put together to make a serious run and they're going to play Tampa, then they'd have to play Boston or Toronto, and then likely Pittsburgh or Washington. That is not conducive to a serious run. And they were curb-stomped by the Bruins late in the season. When you go out and you get the Zingle and Duchesne and McQuaid and Kincaid, hey, that rhymes, you have to win. And they won't, because they're playing one of the best regular season teams in the history of the National Hockey League. Now, when you see President's Trophy winning teams go down, a lot of the time, it is early. And Columbus does have a good roster. They just didn't put it together enough for me down the stretch. And we've all seen what Sergei Bobrovsky does in the playoffs. Goodbye, John Tortorella. We hardly knew you. Actually, we know you quite well, and that's why we want to see bad things happen to you. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. All of our playoff hockey coverage is brought to you by Western Pennsylvania Buick and GMC dealers. Up next, Puck Daddy from ESPN. He joins us to get into Penn's Isles and to give us his thoughts on other matchups around the league. It's the Crowley Show. It's Adam Crowley. When you watch Jake Gensel, I mean, he just does so many things well to above average to good that, man, he's yeah. just a complete hockey player. But who's he remind you of? Uh, Harry Potter. I would say, probably. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. This just in. Penguins radio voice Mike Lang's going to miss the start of the playoffs. He had pneumonia, has had adverse effects with the medication. He will be back at some point, but he will miss the start, which means our buddy Josh Getzoff is going to get an opportunity. And look, Mike Lang is the best. We all grew up on Mike Lang, but best of luck to Josh Getzoff. And hey, you hope Mike Lang gets back here soon. For real. Hall of Famer right there. Yes, he is. Need him for this run. Wednesday, that's tomorrow, 7.30, right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. It's Penguins and Islanders joining us now to discuss that and some of the other matchups Around the National Hockey League is the Puck Daddy. He is Greg Wyshynski from ESPN. What's going on, Greg? No, nothing much. Just uh, preparing to never see my family for the next two and a half months. You know, the usual. <laughs> now, that kind of sucks, but this is the best time of the year. It's, if that's the reason why you don't get to see your family, eh, there could be worse reasons. Oh, for sure. And and, and luckily, uh, they have they know the drill by now. <laughs> Trust me. So... Uh, at the at the very least, it's not like uh, it, it might be longer than the Olympics, but at least there's a chance I might stop by and say hi at some point. So, it's uh, it's a, it's a grind, but it's fun as, as heck. I mean, like I've, I've long said that uh, in every tournament, I know we just got through March Madness. Every tournament, every sport doesn't matter 
across the board. This is the single best annual postseason tournament in sports. Uh, it's a war of attrition. It is constantly surprising. Um, even in a even in a year where it looks like we already know who's going to win the cup, uh, there could still be some some surprises on the way. Let me ask you, which one is your favorite series to open with? Which one are you most looking forward to watching? Um, there's two actually. The, the one I'm going to be covering is going to be San Jose and the Vegas Golden Knights. That's one where your heart's telling you San Jose because they're a super fun team, uh, not only with Brent Burns and Eric Carlson, but also trying to push for that Joe Thornton Stanley Cup before he retires. But your head's telling you Vegas because uh, they've got two great lines, the Marcheseau line that we all came to know about last year, and then this uh, Paul Stasny, Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone line that they've had since the trade deadline has been devouring the competition. You add in Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, hopefully regaining his playoff form from last year after a, a somewhat up-and-down year uh, versus what is statistically the worst goaltending in the league this year in San Jose. Uh, it kind of adds up in Vegas' favor, even though you kind of want the Sharks to win. And then over in the other conference, you know, the Boston-Toronto slobberknocker is probably second only to the Penguins and Capitals as far as the best, you know, rivalry that we keep seeing in these playoffs. And I'm picking the Leafs in seven. I'm not confident about it, but I think the addition of John Tavares and Jake Muzzin to this rivalry might just give them that little push that they needed. Remember, this was a seven-game series last year, and a series in which Nazem Kadri, the Leafs center, was suspended for three games after a boarding thing in the first game. Um, The Leafs are much deeper up front. Uh, Not all that good defensively, and they're going to need their goalie to do some heavy lifting, but... I think that Tavares addition is something people are sleeping on. He, he, that, his line with Marner and, and Zach Hyman statistically better than the Bergeron line this year. And you're right about that. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Toronto right now and in love with Boston. And look, Boston's a hell of a team, and they had a great regular season. But I'm with you in in terms of the way this is going to go. I mean, they were leading going into the third period of Game 7. And like you mentioned, no Nazem Kadri for three of those games. Uh, Greg Wyshynski with us from ESPN on ESPN Pittsburgh. It is the Crowley Show. What do you think about the Penguins and Isles? The Islanders, really, I always kind of expected them to fall off all season long. They go from worst to first and goals allowed. Uh, the Penguins, inconsistent for a long time. They started around into form, though, at the end of the year. What do you think? I don't think I've ever seen a bigger disparity between the Vegas odds, between what the uh, usual pundits are saying and what the analytics community is saying about a series. Because I think a lot of people see this thing as the Islanders' defense being able to hang with Pittsburgh. And, you know, the Islanders have home ice. Nassau is going to be crazy. Uh, they've been a huge surprise all year. The Penguins, you know, at times it feels like there's something off about them. That's the perception the numbers tell you that it is a strong, strong favorite in this series for the Penguins. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are so much more the superior offensive team than the Islanders are. Uh, you look at this series and you say to yourself that if Matt Murray can give you the goaltending he's given you for the last month and a half, uh, it, it's the, then all of a sudden the disparity with the, goal, the Islanders' goaltending isn't as strong as it might have been in a different uh, part of the year. And then you get Malkin back and Tang back and probably Dumoulin back, and now this Penguins team is going to be at full strength for the first time in a long time. There's a lot to like here with Pittsburgh, and I think the analytics uh, take on this series is the correct one, that they're going to probably win this thing uh, in around six games uh, against an Islanders team. But I'm, I'm not quite sure it's going to be able to hang with them offensively. Analytically speaking, 
boy, do the analytics people love the Carolina Hurricanes. And <laughs> it is shot quantity. I'm not so sure about quality. And it's exactly the opposite with the Washington Capitals. Is Washington just too much to overcome, though? Too much star power there? Yeah, I think so. And, and it, you know, the, the interesting thing about Carolina, and it's been sort of the symptom for them for years, is that you're right. They, they put a ton of shots on goal. Their possession numbers are usually in, in, off the charts, top three in the league. They were the best possession team in the NHL this season. It's the, the problem is they don't finish. I mean, the problem is that they have all this shot volume, but they don't have enough guys that, are, that can actually put the puck in the net with regularity. That'll change over time. They've got some young guys on that roster that are going to actualize as really good goal scorers in this league, um, but it's not there yet. And when you're going up against the Capitals team that, a has Braden Holtby on it, and, and his record and, and accomplishments in the month of April are, are unparalleled. Uh, and then you have, you know, the offensive weaponry they have with Ovechkin and Kuznetsov and Backstrom's line, and uh, John Carlson being one of the best offensive defensemen in the league this year. It's way too much. And then on top of that, I mean, I mean, the Capitals have just beaten them pillar to post this year. <laughs> They're four and zero against them. A nine goal uh, differential between these teams. I'm not saying it can't happen because Carolina's been a little miraculous this year, as we've all seen. But, boy, is it a, a pretty big disparity on paper. Greg Wyshynski joining us here on the Crowley Show. He, of course, from ESPN. Love the stuff that he's doing there. And Emily Kaplan, who's going to join us tomorrow uh, as well. Uh, Greg, the Tampa Bay Lightning, we all know what they did, and you brought it up to begin this. Well, we already kind of know who's going to win the thing, right? But, hey, <laughs> we know President's Trophy-winning teams, they have their... Well, they have a lot of disappointments over the years. So they start out with a Columbus team that has a lot of talent and started to put it together in the last couple of games until they met Boston and then they got pooped on. So what do you see happening? And can the Jackets and playoff awful Sergei Bobrovsky actually make this a series? Yeah, getting waxed by Boston on home ice and they needed a shootout to beat the Rangers to get into the playoffs. Is, uh, is not exactly selling me on the abilities of this team to beat what's the best regular season team, at least in the last 20 years, potentially, of all time. Um, this, this is one of those deals where I know there's a, some people saying, hey, watch out for Columbus, they could be trouble. If they pulled off the upset here, it would be the biggest upset in the history of the NHL. I mean, bottom line. And it's not to disparage Columbus or anything like that. It's to say that that's how far ahead the Lightning are uh, versus anybody else in this league right now. The, the best offensive team since the Penguins, 96, uh, you know, tying the, the, the Detroit Red Wings with the most wins for a team in the regular season of all time. Best power play, best penalty kill, not a hole in this team. Uh, it would be a literal shock if a Columbus team with a goalie in Sergei Bobrovsky, who's been garbage in the postseason, all of a sudden came to life and, uh, and started pitching shutouts left and right against this Lightning team. Uh, I just don't see it. I think I think they're probably going to win the thing in five games. Would it be a surprise to you if they don't win the cup? No, I mean because it's the NHL. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, and the bottom line is that you know they've run through the first two rounds the last two times they've been in the postseason, uh, winning in five games in, in the first round and in the second round, and then they get to the conference finals against the Penguins and then against the Capitals, and in both cases. They lose a game six and then lose a game seven. And to me, much like how the Capitals had to get over their psychological damage and playing the Penguins last year in order to finally win, to me, that's the damage for the Lightning right now, is that if they get into that situation again where they lose a game six and someone like the Capitals or the Penguins uh, take them to the distance, then what do you got? Then, then, then is, 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 can this team get out of its own head in the, in the playoffs 
in order to advance past that round. And that's kind of what remains to be seen. Um, otherwise, they're just so so deep and so well constructed under the cap, and uh, and a, an extraordinarily talented team. A lot of teams in the West really stumbled down the stretch. Calgary's just kind of been there all year, and I don't know if they're getting the respect that they deserve. Do they deserve respect? Is this a team that can win the Stanley Cup, and do you look at them as the favorite out West or no? Uh, you know, maybe by default at this point, because like you said, they're the only team that kind of kept surging forward at a time when everybody else sort of fell off. But uh, to me, the favorite should be whoever comes out of that Vegas Shark series. But mm. in Calgary's defense, uh, that is a potent offensive team. Two great lines in the uh, Johnny Gaudreau line, and then the uh, line that Matt Kachuk is on, which is a great shutdown line, as, as good as any in, this, in, the, in the NHL. Uh, so they're going to be able to, I think, win that series against Colorado with their depth. Um, but then the problem is, is that you got to convince me that Mike Smith and Dave Riddick, or Riddick <laughs> are, are going to end up being the guys that are going to lead a team out of the Western Conference, and I'm not really sold on that. So. Uh, I think deep enough to get past Colorado, but then I'm, I'm a little bit worried that whoever comes out of that Vegas uh, San Jose series is going to be the one that, to eliminate the Flames. Whichever team loses that series, uh, the, or pardon me, the Vegas San Jose series, yes, or the Toronto Boston series, which fan base is going to yell the loudest about the playoff format? <laughs> uh, definitely Toronto Boston, in the sense that I, there's no way that they should be playing. I think if you look at the West and the way it's stacked up, I'm pretty sure the last time I checked that the Sharks and Knights might have been the 3-6 series oh, anyway. Interesting. So, yeah, it, it, it's not a situation where they're going to have too much of a gripe. But, you know, not only is it the idea that the Boston Bruins and the, and the Leafs uh, would be playing each other in the first round, uh, you know, that shouldn't happen mathematically, but then the idea that the Tampa Bay Lightning for having the best regular season in the history of the NHL potentially uh, gets the reward of playing either of those teams in the second round versus the lowest available seed in the conference is, is even more nonsensical. So change the playoff format. It's pretty easy to do, and I'm sure they're going to get it done in the next collective bargaining agreement. All right, who wins the whole damn thing, Greg? No, I'll, I'll take the chalk that I took at the beginning of the season. I, I picked the Lightning. I'll stay on them, uh, <laughs> barring injury. Uh, they're, they're as complete a team as, as we are, we're going to see under the salary cap for quite some time. The, the ability of guys taking a little bit less money because of the tax situation in Florida and just getting everybody at the right time in their careers on the same roster, it is a remarkably good team. And, uh, and you know, like I said, anything can happen in the playoffs, and they still have to prove that they can win in Game 7 deep in the playoffs. But I would frankly be surprised. I would be shocked if they didn't play for the Cup, and I'd be surprised if they didn't win the Cup. Greg, always appreciate it, man. Great stuff, and, hey, go hug your family. Thanks a lot. That is Greg Wyshynski, fake laughing at my terrible joke. <laughs> no, that was genuine. Come on. Nah, laughing at my Give terrible joke. That was a good one. That was a good joke. Yeah, that was a good one. We'll tell you when it's bad. That wasn't one of your worst. Man, he got me so excited for the first round. I mean, Vegas Sharks, that's such a great oh, series. Dude. Leafs Bruins, that's such a great series. That's the best part when your team gets a first round bye like the Penguins have. You can just enjoy all those other okay. series out there. Okay, all right what? now. What? Wait a second. What? It's not a first round bye. <laughs> it's pretty close to a first round bye. It's the <laughs> Islanders. Get, come on. It's the playoffs, man. 
Every single game is going to be close, I guarantee that. And if you go six, and I think that there's a good shot that this series goes six, there will be a moment in time, one moment in time, where the Penguins aren't in danger of losing the series, but every single human being watching the series on TV in Pittsburgh will think that they have a shot to lose the series. So just before you say it's a bye, remember that this is Pittsburgh and these are the NHL playoffs, baby. Yeah, the sky's going to fall three times during this series. Yes. So buckle up. Baby. First round bye. It's not a first round bye. All of our playoff hockey coverage is brought to you by Western Pennsylvania Buick and GMC dealers. He did say, Tom, and disagree with you, that Tampa is going to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's taking chalk. Come on. He said it would be the the greatest upset in the history of the sport if the Columbus Blue Jackets won in the first round, okay? He's big shot at ESPN, and he's great at what he does. (laughs) He's got to pick the safe bet, all right? Because no one's going to get on him when he's wrong at the end of the year because he picked the Lightning. So it's a smart team to bet on because it's the only team you can be wrong with. If he picked anybody else and he's wrong, people would be like, oh, why, why'd you pick the Caps? They didn't repeat. They stink. Why'd you pick the Penguins? They didn't win. You stink at picking this. Yeah. You should have picked the Lightning. Yeah, I know what he's doing. He's a smart guy. They're just that good. That's why they're at ESPN. Bingo. Coming up next! Barry Trotz is the fourth winningest coach in NHL history. <laughs> But the what? Penguins have a coaching advantage. I'll tell you why next. Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. The last time the Penguins didn't make the playoffs, I couldn't drive. I was a virgin. And the only thing that I drank were daiquiris. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Our thanks to Greg Wyshynski and ESPN for helping us out getting Greg Wyshynski. He's awesome, and I love the playoffs, not just when the Penguins are playing. In fact, we've got Penguins pregame tomorrow and Friday at 6.30, so the show's a little bit shorter. I never want to not be given opinions, especially when it's playoff time. But at 6.30, I get to leave, which means I'll be on my couch with my feet up and my hands down my pants getting ready to watch Tampa Bay and the Columbus Blue Jackets. At 7 o'clock, then 7.30, I'll be a period in of playoff hockey, and I'll get to watch the Pens in the aisles. Oh, tomorrow's a great day. It is the best time of the year, and... You've got the Boston-Toronto series. You've got the Capitals. Of course, you've got a vested interest in what they're going to do because if they win, you're going to play them. In Boston and Toronto, what a hell of a rivalry. And boy, is that a first-round series for the ages, given what we saw from them last year. God, I'm horny for some hockey. I am horny for some hockey. And all of our playoff hockey coverage is brought to you by Western Pennsylvania Buick and GMC dealers. Barry Trotz is a good coach. He's a great coach. But I trust Mike Sullivan more. No-neck Barry Trotz has the fourth most wins in NHL history. He's a great coach. But I'll take Mike Sullivan every time. Penguins were a banged-up squad that was in flux all year long. Additions to the lineup, outside noise, a whole bunch of crap. But he got them to play their best hockey when it was most important. 
In 2016, Sullivan outcoached Trotz. He had no answer for the Penguins' HBK line. Crosby's line neutralized Ovechkin. Sid had to take one for the team. It worked brilliant, brilliantly. In 2017, the Capitals, they were better than the Penguins. And Marc-Andre Fleury, he saved the bacon as well. But in Game 7, after being territorially dominated, Mike Sullivan allowed the Penguins to play trap-type system. That's not... Pittsburgh Penguins hockey. They weren't expecting that. It worked. Trotz didn't get out of the second round in 16 years in Nashville. And I realized that Barry Trotz won the cup last year. Tactically, though, the Capitals, they were strong, but the talent is night and day compared to what's going on on Long Island. It's more on par with what he had in Nashville. So it's time now to start the trash talk. Crowd man getting things going. You might as well call them the Nashville Islanders. Or you could call them, if you want to, the New York Predators. Wow. Mm. I didn't see that one coming. Mm. They are so milquetoast, this team. And look, there are good players. Anders Lee scored 40 goals last year. Matt Barzell was the rookie of the year last year. Had 85 points. But both of them played better with John Tavares. If there's a star that can take a game over, I'm scared of you. There's no star to scare me at all. It's milk toast. It's four lines. They play structurally sound. They play well as a team. It doesn't mean they're not good. I'm not saying they're not good. But Barry Trotz knows how to coach teams with top-end talent to the championship. He's never gotten out of the second round with a team that looks like this. This is his Nashville team. And again, Barzell's good, and Anders Lee is good, and Jordan Eberle is a former first-round pick. That guy, he's got some talent. But I'm looking around on this roster, and okay, 20 goals and 17 and 25 and 16. It just it doesn't scare you. It doesn't jump off the page. And you think about their second line, Tommy Kuhnhockel, he of Penguins' fourth-line fame, is going to play right wing for them in all likelihood tomorrow. This is not a great roster. So it's the roster first and foremost, but I trust Mike Sullivan against an inferior roster. The only time we've seen Mike Sullivan lose is, yes, to Barry Trotz last year, but that roster is exactly on par with the Penguins. The way I look at it is we know what Barry Trotz gets out of these teams, and I'm not saying it's his fault with more talent. Comes more opportunity to win championships. But this is the team that he's got, and I think that they've got an expiration date. I think that they've got a ceiling, and I think their ceiling is to lose in the first round to the Pittsburgh Penguins. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. The thing that I love about Mike Sullivan is that he's not and never is married to a system. And this year might have been his best coaching job ever. Okay, that's ridiculous. He won the Stanley Cup in 2016, <laughs> coming in midway. But hey, you got to say stuff like that. It's radio. <laughs> this is his no, this best coaching it. job ever. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, in hockey history, maybe, for any coach. It really might be. It really might be. You've never taken a take back as as fast as you took that one back. I think you ended the sentence, and then you immediately were like, No. It's his best coaching job ever. 
except for the better coaching job in 2016 and 2017. Since then, it's his best one ever. Well, think about how good of a damn coach he is. In 16, he takes over a team with Mike Johnston as the head coach, changes everything, and changes the entire mindset of the Penguins. They used to flip out about the littlest poop. I mean, they would flip out about everything. Sidney Crosby gets someone's sweat on him, and he'd lose his mind. And same thing with Malkin, and same thing with Latang. And then Mike Sullivan's like, hey, guys, here's a novel concept. Just play. And they're like, whoa, what? we're just going to play. This is unbelievable. That and works? it worked. It worked. Like, huh? like play hockey? Yeah, we're no. just going to play. It's got to be more than that. The reason that I know he's excellent, and yeah, there were trades made over the course of that season, but the reason I know he's excellent is because Mike Johnston barely made the playoffs the year before and was on the outside looking in when he took over, and all of a sudden that roster went from being eh to winning the damn Stanley Cup. I'm going to have faith in that guy. And in 17... Chris Letang, their best defenseman, a guy who this year, if he had stayed healthy, would be in the Norris conversation. That guy didn't play, and he won with Ron friggin' Hainsey on the top line. Hainsey. So that's a hell of a coaching job, too. But this one right here, better. All right, this one right here, just great. It's a great <laughs> coaching job. It's a really good one. Think about all the injuries. Murray was banged up or sucked. Rust missed 10 games. Dumo missed 6. Horny missed 13. Malkin missed 14. Latang missed 17. Blah. Mata missed 22. Schultz missed 53. Zach Aston Reese missed 39. Sprong was traded for Good Pedersen. Good Branson got brought in here. I forget the guy's name that they moved out for him. Pearson, that guy sucked. No Haglin. Jared McCann and Bukestad come in. This team changed totally, entirely on the fly. And they still made the playoffs, and they've got a good shot to do some great things, in my opinion. Given his past, given what he did this year, I think Mike Sullivan gives the Penguins a coaching advantage in this series. And every time the team takes the ice, he gives this team a coaching advantage. He's been through the ringer. He's got the talent that you need. You can't win without talent, obviously. But again, it's not a given that you're going to win with that talent. Somebody jumped on my blog that I wrote today saying that I would rather have Mike Sullivan. He goes, oh, he won because he had superior talent. You take trots and you get him with Nashville. He's, of course, not going to miss. He's not going to win because he didn't have the talent. And you put him in Washington, he's going to win because he's got the talent. Well, how long did they not win in Washington with the talent? How long did they not win in Tampa Bay with all this talent they've got? So get the hell out of here with that thing. Just as I go through all those injuries the Penguins had to suffer this year. Went from 6 till midnight because it hit me. Again, Rust, he missed 10 games. Guess who's going to play in the playoffs? Brian Rust. Guess who talked to us yesterday? Had a great time. It was Brian Rust. It was him. He loved us. He's fine now. Dumo missed six games. Presumably, he could be back. Game time decision, Psh, please. He's going to be back. Horny, 13, he's back. Malkin missed 14, Psh, he's back. Latang missed 17, back. Mata missed 22, back. Schultz missed 53, back. Zach Astoris missed 39 games. He is a game time decision, but Psh, he's playing. The Penguins are really actually healthy for the first time all damn year. This roster is a good one. When healthy guys like Bluger and Aston Reese could wind up on the fourth line, Mata or Pedersen could wind up on the bench. And consider this with Pedersen. This hit me today. I actually feel a little bit bad for the guy. Now he's a hockey player. He's probably getting ass and making all kinds of money. Yeah, don't feel bad. I don't feel that bad for him at all. He played 84 games in the regular season. There was only 82 games. He played 84 because he got traded. Yeah. And Anaheim had played two before. Hegan got brought over here. So that's awesome. And then he could possibly miss the first game of the playoffs. That does suck. That really does. 
That's like getting perfect attendance and then your grandma dying in the last day of school. Pretty good analogy. I pat myself on the back for good that one. one. Yeah, do it again. Yeah, thank you. Another, another one? Pat? No, another pat. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, don't try another one. No <laughs> more analogies like that. No. Marcus Pedersen, 84 games in the regular season, and he could be 0 for 1 in playoff games if they decide to go with Olimata tomorrow. Now, I wouldn't. I'd let Pedersen keep playing. Pedersen and Gabranson have been great together. Pedersen and Gabranson, if you look at their Corsi numbers, and that is possession, so that's shot attempts for versus against, right? Their numbers, their numbers, that bottom pair has been better than the top pair for the New York Islanders. It's just a talent advantage here, boys. That's my hockey way of saying boys. Just wanted you to know. Boys. Boys. Here we go, boys. Here we go, boys. Here we go. They're more talented, are the Penguins, than the Islanders. And to me, it's not close. There's not a game-breaker. Barzell's a good player. He's not a game-breaker. Anders Lee is a good player. He's not a game-breaker. Penguins have Sidney Crosby. He's a game-breaker. Giddy Malkin, he's a game-breaker. Phil Kessel is a game-breaker. Chris Letang, he's a game-breaker. Jake Gensel had 40 goals, and he's like the sixth guy that I said in terms of game-breakers. And then you've got a bunch of depth scoring. Guys like Jared McCann. Guys like Nick Bukestad. Matt Cullen, who gets better at this time of the year. I just... I think there's one way the Penguins lose this series, and it's if they have their heads shoved collectively up their ass. I don't think Sidney Crosby's going to allow it to happen. I don't think Evgeny Malkin's going to allow it to happen. How do you stop everything the Penguins have going when they're healthy? And you can come back with Crowley. They haven't scored a lot down the stretch. Doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean anything because they didn't have Latang. They didn't have Malkin. Latang's going to play 30 minutes a game. Malkin's the second best player, maybe, of this entire generation. So, yeah, kind of is a big deal. They're going to score. It's going to not come easy in this series. But this Penguins team is as healthy as it's been all year long. And when it is healthy, it's one of the best rosters in the league. They're deeper than Boston. Toronto's right there. They're right there with Toronto. No one's right there with Tampa. But if you're looking for best of the rest, if you're looking for best of the rest right now in terms of rosters, I'll take Pittsburgh. I will. And there's some good ones out there. You look at what Nashville's got in the back end. You look at what Winnipeg's got up front. I mean, there are some great rosters out there. I'll take Pittsburgh along with any of those. I really will. Time to drop the damn puck. Only two more hours on today's show, and then 24 hours after that. So we're looking at 26 hours until playoff hockey. Just go one more sleep. One more sleep, One more baby. sleep, baby. One more sleep. Well, what if you take a nap? Because, I mean, the excitement waking up tomorrow will just carry you through oh the day. Gosh. So it's only you just got to get through tonight, man. Guys, I'm not kidding. Going to have a tough time falling asleep tonight. Oh, that's like a kid before Christmas. This what is you pulling on? You got it planned already? What, what are you rocking? What am I wearing tomorrow? Yeah. my It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh t-shirt and a okay. Penguins ball cap. Let's go. That's a good What move. are you rocking? I'm rocking my pens. I've got a vintage pens t-shirt. I'm rocking that. I can't go pens, hat, and T-shirt in the office. I just feel weird. So I'll probably go indescript hat, pen shirt. Shirtless Tom, what kind of pants you wearing? And are you wearing a hat? Uh, I'm just going to wear shorts probably because it's nice out. And, uh, yeah, I'll wear a Penguins hat. We're not homers. No, We're- you want to work into it, too. You don't want to pull all your best gear out early. No, you absolutely do it's not. It's a whole timing oh, yeah. thing. I'm not wearing the 2016 Stanley Cup champion hat until I need to. Yeah, you pull that out. That's big guns. Oh, yeah. That's with under the sweat, big guns. With the sweat stain on it in the yeah. front. Oh, baby. Oh, that's, that's under loaded right big guns. Yeah. 
That's what you pull out in like a game seven. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. not even in the first round because this is a joke. If we, even if we go to game seven, I won't even be worried. I imagine that thing's in like a crystal clear box with a lock on it, and you're just like, okay, I'm gonna unlock it when I need to. Maybe two locks, like those old nuclear war missile movies where you need two guys to unlock it. You put both does, keys in. It takes two keys. You're yeah. right. Okay. I have a buddy who's a Flyers fan. He's just got a box. There is no hat in it. Coming up next. <laughs> I heard a great compliment of Sidney Crosby today from Mike Lang, and I'll tell you how it relates to past success and how it could pay dividends for the Penguins this playoff season. I'm so horny for hockey. Hmm. All of our playoff hockey coverage is brought to you by Western Pennsylvania Buick and GMC dealers. It's Crowley Show.